0: Hello, my friends. We have deployed LeaderBits in a number of enterprises, and I am so excited about the growth. We're learning a lot as a new company, and to gain an edge and bring even more value to the market, we've made a few changes. The principle of our first change is progress equals happiness. As people, when we're making progress towards a goal, we are the happiest. So now we reach out and set professional goals with the individuals on the platform, then we personalize the LeaderBit challenges around their goals. The principle of our second change is out of sight, out of mind. We've broken the barrier between the digital and the physical world, and we're now shipping out bands based on the levels that you've obtained and the achievements you've unlocked. This is creating a huge buzz in the offices and allowing peers to see their counterparts progressing through the levels. This drives engagement and makes progress just a bit more real. Head over to leaderbits.io if you want better leaders faster. Today, we are talking to Dennis, the Senior Vice President and General Manager at Canon Information and Imaging Solutions, and we discuss their role in creating the office of the future, how Canon is doing so much more than creating cameras and printers, and why it's up to the employee to deliver value to the company if they want to grow in their career. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast.
1: Yeah, look, and you're, you're all set up. You've got the, the microphone, the whole deal, right?
0: Yeah, and we got the team on the other side. We wave, hi. Hi.
1: Oh, all right. Terrific. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hi, guys. And then um, our producer is who, you know, one of the people that set all this up. Is actually he just bought his first house he's very excited and so he's uh-huh. he's moving today so oh, congratulations yeah he's very, very uh, nice isn't that a fun experience your first your first house oh yeah it is until you actually start to do the work <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't pull him down from it like he was all you know pumped <laughs> up and high doing his closing and stuff yesterday I was uh-huh. like he, he'll do the he'll do the maintenance and he'll get his he'll uh-huh. see his amount of uh, principal paid after his first three months and he'd be like what <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, absolutely. Well, the the uh, at least the key to happiness I find is is having a lot of grass to mow, because no <laughs> one can no one bothers you when you're doing that. So it's like a guaranteed hour, or hour and a half each week where you can just shut the shut the rest of the world off and, and be in peace.
0: <laughs> That's it's like the way that uh, guys meditate with a giant machine yeah. and a spinning blade. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> in nature. Uh-huh. Absolutely. How is your day going? Tell me about your day. How how it started. What are you doing? What are you working on? Um no,
1: just just uh, you know norm, normal uh, rain in here in New York. I don't know where where are you calling from? Florida, so we're getting the rain. I got rained oh, okay, on. This right. is my second shirt today. <laughs> oh, is it? All right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of uh, pea soup up here too. So, uh, you know, just, just uh, kind of rainy day, but uh, we're getting to the end of our, um, our month. So a uh, lot of our focus is on trying to close as much business as we can between now and, uh, and next Tuesday. So that's really where kind of we're focusing our energies, uh, at least at the moment. So amongst other things, but uh, that, that's certainly uh, taking up a lot of our time. So, what what part of the state are you in? We're uh, we're on Long Island, so uh, okay. Canon's uh, America's headquarters is actually out in um, in Melville, New York. So, if you look at a, a map of Long Island and cut it in half, we're we're basically halfway out on the island, about maybe anywhere from thirty to forty miles from Manhattan. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, I've been there quite a few times. Um, mm-hmm. We have family in Westchester.
1: Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Not too yeah. Far. It's a little train yeah, no, ride. Yeah, that's not that far at all. Actually, yeah. it's fairly close. And then before the show, I <laughs> you're gonna
0: enjoy this. I, I hope. Uh, so I we do like video, like lots of video, and we yep, have a video sure. studio over there with like it's mm-hmm. all green screen, mic'd up, light up, right. And I'm like, guys, we we use Canon cameras, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, let's. I so I ran in there and checked, and then you know found the yeah. box because it's all like
1: behind the teleprompter and it's encasing mm-hmm. and stuff.
0: Yeah, yep. we have like a Canon 70D or or something
1: in there. Oh, no kidding! That's great. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're 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 contributing nicely to my retirement plan. I appreciate that.
0: You know, <laughs> I will tell you this though. I had the Nikon before,
1: uh-huh.
0: and we upped to the Canon because I watched YouTube videos. No so, kidding. Yeah, I went yeah. and watched YouTube videos of people who shot different video and who explained the different lenses and all that stuff. Right. And ultimately he had this really high res video that he did to do the tutorial on which one to choose. Yeah, Listed out all the equipment that he used to make that video. And I said, that's the exact quality I want. That's the same distance and lens that Mm -hmm. I want. And I just Amazon click, 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 and bought every single thing he had. And then I put it in my studio and my video came out identically to his.
1: Nice. Well, our our folks in the camera group will will appreciate that because they're obviously spending a lot of time and effort to do those kind of things. So uh, I don't know if you saw one that they had produced or one that someone, uh, you know, just who uses Canon technology produced. But nonetheless, um, you know, I think they'd appreciate hearing that story. So I'll I'll certainly relay that. So what group are you in? Yeah, so um so Canon um you know we're broken down into a number of different uh functional groups in the company. So the two largest groups we have are our um what, what we call our, our uh you know image technology and communications group which is really our camera and consumer imaging group for for lack of a better way of describing it. And then uh, the other group that we have, the other large group we have is our office technology group. Um and uh, I spent the first roughly right, 23, 24 years of of my time at Canon in uh, the office technology side of the business. And um, a number of years ago, back in 2011, we actually created a separate subsidiary uh, of Canon in the U.S. that we call Canon Information and Imaging Solutions. And, And that company is a you could almost think of it as a solutions development and delivery organization for Canon in, in the Americas. And um, a year ago, I transitioned into that company full-time. Um, I had been with that company since its founding, but I was kind of wearing two different hats inside the organization. And so it was about a year ago, I kind of moved there full-time. So, so that's been keeping me very busy to say the least. <laughs> that, that's awesome, man. That's mm-hmm. tw- 20 plus years.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. How, how did you, what happened? Just a random newspaper job post, you're like, hey, let's go to Canon.
1: Um, yeah, you know, it, it was it was quite interesting because um, I started my career at NCR and uh, I spent two years with NCR. And um, after that two years, uh, NCR was acquired by AT&T and, and then became um, what was called AT&T Global Information Solutions. And I hung out there for another couple of years, and um, you know I, I reached a point where, at the time, I was in sales, and I, I wanted to actually transition within AT&T at the time into a more of a product marketing type role. But the, the, there, there weren't any opportunities available at the time, so you know this will this will date me certainly. But um, you know, of course, I then looked for for you know, job postings in uh, the New York Times. <laughs> if you can believe it. Um, you know, these are the days before, uh, you know, Monster and, and some of the other job boards and sites and so forth, right? So, uh, yeah, so I, I applied to an ad in, uh, in the New York Times and interviewed with Canon, and uh, it wasn't long after that that, uh, that I came here, and, um, you know, that was a really interesting transition, um, you know, going from kind of the, the computer industry to the office technology space which at the time was still very much um, traditional analog, non-network connected type technology. So it was almost like a culture shock for me for the first year. But, uh, but you know, the, the industry has been transitioning, you know, a lot, significantly since then. So uh, it, it actually got quite exciting quite quick. So uh, before I knew it, here I am 25 years later, go figure.
0: And then what, what's your current like big project right now? Like- We know it's office technology. We know that, you know, you're envisioning the future of how offices run because, you know, printers go away. Maybe, maybe they just, maybe something replaces a printer. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what, and that's just what came to my mind. Uh, But, you know, what's the office of the future look like?
1: Yeah. So, so in, in our, in our case, um, You know, again, being within Canon Information and Imaging Solutions, we we, we look at the marketplace a little bit differently in some respects than the traditional uh, Canon organizations in that, you know, our whole focus is around um, software and professional services delivery. And, and if you look, for example, at the way we're structured, um, you know, many of the practice areas, for example, that uh, that, that we've built uh, are are around things like business process automation, information management and governance, and and uh, security and infrastructure services, to you know, to name a few. So we're we're, we're focused, you know, less on the the traditional Canon hardware technologies. That that are being deployed in, in, in the general office environment. And we really focused more on the, the the software technologies and and information management and business process automation activities that are kind of making up the, the types of, Digital transformations that you see happening, um, you know, within the marketplace today. So we see a lot of things happening in, in in that area. I mean, I wouldn't say that, for example, there's one particular project in in per, uh, per se that we're focused on, but you know, we're really looking at how can we leverage Canon's technology and and delivery expertise to, to help customers really strip a lot of the manual processes uh, out of their business workflow, and and in doing so, uh, you know, help them to to gain the the, the efficiency. Associated with work process, and at the same time, kind of you know make the information uh, associated with the, the business process more available to the users, so that uh, you know those users can make better business decisions and things of that nature. So that that's really at least within Canon information and imaging solutions, that's our primary focus. And, and of course, while we do that, we kind of tie Canon's traditional hardware office technology into the, those solutions. So in many cases, the the traditional printer or, or the the multifunction device becomes a, an off ramp for for information in the in the sense of printing, or it becomes a, a digital on ramp uh, to take uh, to take paper based information and, and feed it into a workflow process. So uh, that that's really kind of where our primary focus is. That's amazing. Canon's beautiful.
0: Yeah, no, right. It, didn't didn't realize, did you? <laughs> no, you should yeah. be doing like podcasts and PR yeah. stuff. <laughs> Well, that's why I'm here, now, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's un- but you know why it's logical to me though. Like as you're mm-hmm. as you're talking about this, I'm like, you know what? You guys make these. I'm just gonna go with cameras, right? And yep, sure. the mentality that you have to have to deliver such a highly engineered product at scale mm-hmm. to yep. the world means that your business processes are solid. Your your teams sure. are well oiled, and mm-hmm. you can clearly execute and deliver a product. So yeah as any business changes, you know, the product can change, but if you have that whole infrastructure there and that ability to deliver on time sure. with engineering excellence, then you can adapt to the market relatively easy. To hear that like Canon's a little bit in the software space or oh yeah, uh, that makes me really happy
1: yeah you might be surprised actually if you look at canon's global business we're we're um roughly right last year about a thirty six billion dollar company globally and um hoping to be about forty billion this year. but if you look at the amount uh, of that revenue that that is made up by software and professional services, it's well in excess of a billion dollars in revenue that we generate globally in in those areas so you know again i mean we're we're obviously very much known for um, our office equipment technology and we're, we're even better known as a, as a consumer imaging company. But um, the, the reality is just given the nature of, of the technology we have in Canon and, and the kind of innovation that we drive, you know, we're really kind of smack dab in the middle of helping customers figure out how to tie all these disparate, uh, you know, pieces of technology together and, and better manage workflow and, and, again, gain access to uh, the key information that, that in many ways is the key asset of their businesses to help them make better business decisions. So, and, and that's, you know, it's a, it, that's a lot of fun, frankly. I mean, you know, truth truth be told, it's a lot more fun than selling printers. <laughs> but I can't say that too loudly inside Canon. You know? <laughs> given our history but <laughs> you don't want that to be like the quote from the
0: show yeah right, right. <laughs> um, so the future is coming at us fast right and you guys are yep. there dealing with it lots of talk about AI with sure. what you're doing and how large your business is yep. you clearly are not a stranger to this How how are you responding and leveraging AI
1: yeah it's uh you know it's it's really interesting what's going on there right so and, and as you mentioned in our case um again because canon as at its core is a is a technology company and focused around innovation we're doing all kinds of stuff with with ai and and, and machine learning as an example so um you know j- just to give you a few examples that uh that, that that my organization is involved in um we we as you might expect um we have a lot of printers and and multifunction devices uh, connected to customer networks in the market. In fact, Canon has had an IOT infrastructure in place for those devices for the better part of the last 10 years. And each one of those devices has literally hundreds of sensors in the device that are sending all kinds of information um, back to this IOT uh, infrastructure. And what we're able to do now is we're, we're able to harvest all that data and, 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 by using big data analytics, we're, we're able to now analyze that data so we can see all kinds of things in terms of usage patterns and parts usage and and, and expected lifespan for various parts, et cetera. So, what we've now done um, leveraging the, the R&D capabilities we have here in the United States is we're, we're starting to apply um, artificial intelligence and machine learning to that data so that instead of, for example, our service delivery activities being uh, reactive um, you know, to a, a problem when a customer calls us, we've now gotten to the point where we're act- actually able to proactively address problems with a device Prior to actually the device experience in the problem, so you know when you see some of the commercials on on, on TV in terms of you know I think it 's the, the IBM commercial where the elevator kind of calls the the service guy before a problem occurs, and you know things of that nature we 're doing that today in connection with the way in which we 've implemented artificial intelligence and machine learning in connection with our, our service and IOt infrastructure for for devices and, and just to give you a sense of the scale of this. Uh, on a worldwide basis we we have well over a million devices connected to this infrastructure, in the United States is about three hundred and seventy thousand you know close to four hundred thousand devices so So the amount of data that we 're capturing is just is just massive but Again I mean the, the, the new service methodology that this is providing is is really changing our business model in many respects and truly having huge implications uh, not only for us but but also for customers in terms of uh, you know the uptime that we can provide them in, in connection with the, the device technology they 're investing in so that 's one example um, i 'll give you another example which I think you'll find really, really interesting so we we actually have a, a manufacturing facility in Virginia that we call Canon Virginia. We're not great at naming some things, (laughs) but but suffice to say, it's called Canon Virginia. Um, And uh, we we do a lot of different types of manufacturing there. So as an example, uh, that happens to be the location where we manufacture uh, many of the the toner cartridges that are used not only in Canon's technology, but HP's printers uh, uh, in in the marketplace. But one of the capabilities that exists in Canon Virginia is uh, the the ability to create um, uh, wax molds and forms. And so... Leveraging that capability, we, we actually work with um, one of the, the major suppliers of aircraft parts, and the company that we work with, they actually use our wax molds to actually create uh, the turbofan blades that that go into many of the the jet engines that that you find in use today. And you know, if that's not interesting enough, we've actually built a software technology that allows that company basically to take an X-ray image of the part and check automatically check for occlusions and cracks and, oh, and, that's and, cool and, man faults and so forth so now that has to happen. That, for example, as part of the, the process they use uh, before they'll, they'll officially provide a part to the, the, the aircraft engine manufacturer, they actually have to inspect it. And, you know, it, it, they go through a process of, of what they call non-destructive testing because they obviously, they can't destroy the part to test it, right? So th- this, um, this technology we've built, the software technology also leverages artificial intelligence and machine learning and it also leverages computer vision so what it does is it actually again ingests an x-ray image of the part and based upon it having been trained on what a good part looks like it can do a comparison between the, the part that was just x-rayed and a part known to be to be good right and, and of course like any machine learning-based technology, the the more you throw at it, the technically the smarter it gets, right? And so, um, what we can find is that over time and, and with with uh, you know training, the, the system um, you know reaches a point where where it can you know recognize parts with unbelievably high degrees of accuracy. So uh, that that's another example of how you know we're we're applying our imaging technology and artificial intelligence and machine learning to solve a particular business problem, in that case, uh, the problem around non-destructive testing. And, and there are many other use cases that that we have, um, that some of which, for example, are, are specific to where we see the office going. Uh, so exa- as an example, um, when we go in and we help customers automate their Accounts payable processes. You know, we're looking at ways in which we we can implement uh, robotic process automation in connection with specific manual tasks, right? As a way to alleviate those tasks from having to be done by a human. Um, and, and again, we're, we're looking at well, how do we how do we infuse artificial intelligence and machine learning into those processes so that, again, we can automate the task. But but I think maybe most importantly, at least from my perspective. You know, the value there is is certainly efficiency gain. You know, we see that, no question. But but from my perspective, the greatest value that we deliver to customers and when we do these types of, of automation projects is we, we emancipate their, their business users. And what I mean by that is, you know, today if you look at a lot of business process, the 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 user has to understand how the process works in order for them to function within the process. And oftentimes the process is very manual. And what happens in our case, and again, I'll use accounts payable as an example, when we automate an accounts payable process, whether we're using AI or machine learning or not, we we eliminate the need for the user to have to really understand the details of the process. We make the process transparent to them. And in many cases, we give them time. And, and the user then can use that time for what they're really being paid to do. You know, most, most people who are in accounts payable roles are not being paid to shuffle paper. You know, they're really being paid to try to be creative and innovative in terms of the business process. And that, that's really, you know, when we think about digital transformation um, it, it's one thing to drive digital transformation in terms of gaining benefits around information management and, and, and data analytics and so forth. But it's a whole nother thing to, to kind of emancipate the workforce and, and allow them to have the time necessary to really become more creative and innovative, which, which in and of itself will drive even more business value. So, you know, when we think about the future as to where things are headed, that's exactly where they're headed. And, and, you know, within, at least our company within Canon and CIS um, we're very focused on trying to deliver those kinds of outcomes to to customers that we deal with. That was
0: really interesting. So when you were talking about the radiograph machine learning, I had mm-hmm. I had someone on, and I was speaking with them. They were doing that, but with re- reading X rays for medical diagnoses. Oh, sure. Diagnoses. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Why? Sure. Why wait the two hours for the doctor to tell you you have a fracture, like a break or whatever, right. when the thing sees ten thousand of those a minute across right. the you know entire world? Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So those the cool thing is, you know the connection I'll make here is, is I could see, you know, Canon doing that for the non-destructive to innovate there, but then mm-hmm. people come and go. Engineers happen. People share they conferences, everyone right. sharing about the technology and that fundamentally improves the technology as a whole because you're investing in it. Although the application's different, the sure. people coming out of your company will write articles. They'll speak at conferences. Mm-hmm. They will sure. further the industry. So it's it's really amazing how, if you look at us, as humans, as a whole, like organism, like, how the innovations you're making can actually bleed into these other industries, oh and, yeah, and help them.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting too because again, I mean, we're we're, we're leveraging AI and machine learning technology, and of course, we're applying it to uh, the use cases that I just mentioned. But but the technology itself is not it's not specific to a given use case, right? I mean, to your point, we can apply it across a whole range of different use cases. In fact, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but but Canon itself... Uh, has a a large medical imaging business. So, um, you know, in fact, we we acquired uh, Toshiba Medical Systems uh, about a year or so ago. Um, This was uh, roughly right about a $6 billion acquisition that we made worldwide. And and as a result, we're, we're one of the top five providers of medical imaging technology globally. Well, certainly, you know, you, you think about the types of images that that are coming off of uh, the 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 technical the the equipment that that Toshiba, you know, and and Canon are providing in the market, and there's no question we can take that same you know AI-based technology and we can apply it not only to an X-ray of a part, for example, but but we can apply it equally to an X-ray of of you know uh, a hand, a wrist, a foot, you know, whatever the case might. be be. And if nothing else, I mean, I, I'm not sure we'll find or we'll reach a point in time where in, in, that, in that industry sector, the FDA, for example, will allow for automa- uh, automated diagnostics uh, in, in terms of that technology. But at a minimum, it, it, it will become assistive uh, to right. uh, you know, whoever the medical practitioner is. So it, it'll really help improve diagnoses. And you know, without question, um, you know, as trained, as well trained as, as these folks are in the medical profession, um, the imaging technology we have is much more accurate than the human eye. So, you know, no, no question, we're going to see significant advancements continue to be made in, in, in this area. And, and again, AI and, and, you know, machine learning and, and the derivatives of artificial intelligence in general are going to have a big impact on that, no doubt.
0: Yeah, My, my brother and stepmom are both physicians. Okay. And and so lots of cool medical technology comes across my, my day from, you know, Kevin, Uh Kevin Scott's, the CTO of Microsoft. And one of his friends is doing this. Um, They analyze your, your heart rhythms and they pre predict uh, heart issues through your data. And so it was very cool because it reminded me of like, you talk about your IOT devices, sending out signals, Hey, something might be wrong. Well, they're doing the same thing with human data. And then, you know, uh, another another person came on the show out in the u k and they have this imaging like overlay so if they 're going mm-hmm. to be doing surgery and it like 3d maps like their entire topography right. of of the human over it so that they can um, just have this real time but it th- 's happening in real time yeah. and so it 's just they' they 're talking about getting the processes down getting the response back in like under milliseconds and stuff like that so that it yeah. could be real time so all these advancements in technology i 'm at dinner talking with them I'm like just need to get the billing right. <laughs> I have to put in 400 yeah, right. comments
1: when someone gets a shot for B12 or something. Right, right. Well, again, you know, we we have a, a an accounts payable solution, so we're trying to help customers get the billing right too. But yeah, certainly, uh, that that's not easy in healthcare, as, as as you know well. So for
0: for the people listening, I want to build an image because obviously, what you've explained is the coming into this. Canon's a camera company. And they, mm-hmm. they they made printers too, right? Right.
1: Sure. sure. So oh, yeah. so that's like <laughs> just a what, few,
0: just a few billion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. But we're what we're doing is everyone's listening, and we're we're widening their perspective of Canon. It's you know mm-hmm. potentially overwhelming, so that they can get some ground and some perspective. Where do you sit at in the organization? And mm-hmm. like, what is your title and, and your responsibilities? Uh,
1: today? Yeah. Right. So, so today, um, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I, I am um, within a, a subsidiary of Canon USA that we call Canon Information and Imaging Solutions, and uh, I'm the senior vice president and general manager of that business unit with, within within Canon, and um, that that business, of course, rolls directly up to Canon USA, uh, which is the the major business unit um, in in the United States and and in the Americas. And so, roughly right, Canon USA as an entity is is uh, represents about um, roughly right about uh, a third of the revenue that that Canon does uh, on a on a global basis. So, um, and kind of going back to to CIS, um, we we kind of formed again this company back in two thousand and eleven, and. We, we we really formed the company based upon some of the things we were starting to see happen in the market, particularly in relation to our our, our sale of office equipment technology to business to business customers. And you know at the time, um, you know, many of those customers were expecting us not just to deliver, for example, a piece of hardware, but they really wanted us to help them. You know, tie that hardware into their existing software environments, tie it into their networking infrastructure, and really start to tie those those technologies. Technologies into business process. And you know, as we started to see those trends emerge in the market, we 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 thought that, geez, you know, we we can we can kind of build out those capabilities within our our traditional office technology business unit, or we can kind of establish this new company And, and in addition to looking at how to how to support our office technology business we can create this new company um, to to have a a technology development capability that would scale across all of Canon's businesses. And so that's Mm -hmm. what we did. And so, you know, it's interesting that um, within Canon information and imaging solutions, while, you know, we kind of grew up um, out of the office technology part of Canon's business. uh, If you look at the activities we're involved in today, we're providing software development activities and, and professional services delivery for, the office technology business, the, the, the consumer imaging business, the medical equipment business, um, and, and, and really the, the across the entire breadth of Canon. Uh, in addition to that, we, we represent Canon globally on many of the standards committees um, around the world, whether it be standards committees that are focused on print or, for example, the, the IoT standards committees and, and the like. And uh, we also uh, are, are partly responsible for managing some of Canon's global relationships with the likes of Microsoft and Oracle and, and Box and, and, you know, a whole host of other uh, third party companies that, that we work very closely with. So, um, so we get this really unique view of the world inside Canon based upon the I business that we're in. Yeah.
0: No, I, I, I really like it because uh, what you're like, how you service the whole organization. Yeah. Very, very smart. And then your uh, mention of the standards, that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite pieces of advice to people is wherever industry you're in, wherever there's the standard, get involved with that standard. Oh, sure. Because they control the head of the industry. Mm Mm-hmm,
1: yeah, yeah, in fact, uh, I mean, you know, obviously, when we talk about standards, there are a couple different types of standards we see. There's in the market, non-standard
0: right? standards. You
1: know, there is right. Well, well, and that's true. I mean, so those become the de facto standards that a manufacturer sets that everyone else has to follow, right? That's great if you're the if you're the manufacturer that sets the de facto standard. It's great, but but um, you know, you're not always in in such a fortunate position, but you know, I, I, think what, what's been really interesting about, um, you know, the, the information technology space in particular is that you, you do have these standards bodies that emerge to deal with, uh, you know, emerging and innovative new technology so that, you know, you don't end up having the scenario where, where you, you have 50 different ways and 50 different technologies to, to deal with a business problem that, that, don't work and talk with one another, right? So, no question. Um, you know, standardization in, in the the information technology industry, I think, has been it's been a great thing for customers, and, and to some degree, it's, it's it's been a good thing for manufacturers as well. And um, you know, we, we've always been a big proponent of, of participating in those standards groups uh, within Canon, and you know, re- really trying to promote the, the use of standards in the marketplace, because in many ways it makes it easier for us from a development standpoint to then be able to integrate our technologies into whatever those standards become. So, and of course, representing Canon in, in, in those standards bodies allows us as a company to have influence, of course, in terms of how the standard is created, which, which obviously is, is to our advantage as well. Absolutely. i
0: I have a standard that I'm waiting for. That I, <laughs> I've yeah, been sure. I've been watching the market. It's kind of weird. It's kind of out there, but it's related to AI. So I'll, I'll share. Uh, it with you. Yeah. So I was having this you know future session where I was just thinking about you know where we're gonna be at ten years, and then right. I thought of you know wh- where's a standard I could own and mm-hmm. like a standard brainstorming session. And I came up with the one that I wanted. And I'm waiting for the right time or just I don't know if it, if it'll ever happen because it's not a priority for me. But it's a cool one. And in the AI, after we get it to the next level and we mm-hmm. get it more uh personality right yep. mm-hmm. at that point we'll have a huge need for these large repositories of these concepts of like backstories and and memory mm-hmm. storage for the AI personalities okay and I wanted to um, i've I've mapped it out like to to define a standard for how we'll store those memories and how the lookups will will look about adding okay. algorithms for adding details to stories and where you get mm-hmm. your trees of details and uh, how that can make things up, but then re- make them up in the real time mm-hmm. uh, and then remember them for the future. And so, yeah, I just, I sat down for like a weekend. I had a, you know, just a, a spare weekend. And um, this was like a year ago before the show and everything took before I had, when I had spare time <laughs> and I mapped out this whole complicated uh-huh. thing. I was like, this is awesome yeah mm-hmm. so maybe maybe when that becomes more um, close the the whole yeah. concept of a backstory AI standard yeah. will come up but
1: yeah I, i'm sure i 'm sure there 's probably an engineer in a garage somewhere out in Silicon Valley who's kind of you know tinkering towards this um, oh, you know sure. w- without much without much of a doubt but but yeah no, I mean obviously um, you know as as AI and, and of course machine learning and, and related technologies you know continue to become pervasive in the in the market. Um, Clearly, standards are going to have to emerge in terms of, of how they're, they're utilized and implemented in, in regards to, uh, you know, different work processes and things of that nature. So um, I don't think there's any doubt that's going to come. I, I, you know, obviously, we're still to some degree. I mean, we're, we're still in the, the early stages, I would say, of uh, the, the use of, of AI, even though technically all of us are interacting with AI based systems on, on an everyday basis without even knowing it. Um, you know, it's it's going to really be amazing what's going to go on. I think over the course of the next five to ten years, in, in terms of the pervasiveness of, of this kind of technology and, and the types of implication it's, implications it'll have for for people, not only in in terms of of business, but obviously maybe even more so in terms of how it impacts our personal lives. So it'll be really interesting to see what, what's going to what's going to unfold here in the next few years. So I'm very impressed by you. Thank you. And I'll tell you why, because
0: you bring, you're responsible for bringing a tremendous amount of value to the market and to the people, right? And you started out 20 plus years ago in 94, you're a technology individual through and through, right? And, and you were making systems and working out some great stuff back then. And then you increased your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And you grew, and you learned new things to go from a contributor to a team lead, from a leader to a leader of leaders, from leader of leaders all the way up to the C level. To now, you're at the top, and so you've traversed from individual contributor all the way to the top, Mm -hmm. and that is like yay, like one percent, right? I I love it because the questions that we get. So we have a large audience, and we have about seventy-two thousand people. I say about sixty thousand, or sixty percent of them are individuals that are looking to get to the next level. They're individual sure. contributors. You know, there's no one in life to just direct you. You kind of just have sure. to get frustrated and figure out, oh, I, I guess I got to work harder <laughs> now, gather <laughs> a bunch of resources, try a million things, things don't work. You take the ones right. that do work, you mm-hmm. science it. And so I want you to speak a little bit to, you know, your progression and some sure. of the things you've learned along that path.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I know in, in my case, um, you know, when, when, I, when I came out of college, actually, I was a finance major. And, and you know, I, I, I tell this story to, to people, particularly when I'm asked this kind of question, you know, how'd you get to the point you're at now? Um, you know, I was a finance major, but the, the best job opportunity I had out of college was to, to join NCR and, and go into computer sales, right, and, and, and information technology sales. And and so I took that because I, I needed employment. You know, my, my parents basically were going to kick me out of the house and weren't going to let me live in their basement. So I had to go do something. So so suffice to say, you know, I kind of started down that path. And, and I personally always had an interest in in science and technology. And, and it just kind of worked out that... Um, I really didn't have any interest in computing technology, frankly. In fact, I had no desire to be involved in, in, in that industry because in my mind at the time, that meant programming and I had no desire to, to, to be a programmer. And, and to this day, I have no desire to be a programmer. But suffice to say, um, you know, I did have an interest in technology and of course you know, getting involved with NCR at the time I did um, you know, proved to be really fortuitous um, for, for a number of reasons. Number one, they had a great training program and, and they really helped to build a, a foundational level of knowledge in terms of information technology, which frankly throughout my entire career really it's just been building new new, you know, information on top of that foundation and, and I really credit Credit them for 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 that, um, but I also entered that market at a time where it also was transitioning from the traditional centralized computing infrastructures, uh, you know, to to distributed computing and the like, and and the industry was was really exciting, and and of course that that kind of piqued my 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 interest. But um, and then of course when I came to Canon, um, same kind of thing. Canon was making or trying to make this transition from the traditional you know, analog copying device that you plugged into the electrical outlet to, to a device that, that contained all these multiple features and actually plugged into your network environment and you accessed via software from your desktop. So, so, you know, for me anyway, it, it was just you know an area that that was really interesting, and because I was so interested in it, I was really passionate about it, and, and you know really liked what I did, and, and that's certainly been the case really throughout my entire career. And so, you know, when when I, I get asked the question, you know, like like this, um, you know, one of the things I always tell people is you 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 need to pursue things you're interested in, right? And and you know, even when I moved into management roles inside inside Canon, um, you know, I've always tried. To have conversations with, with personnel in my organization to understand, you know, well, what is your area of interest? What do you want to do? So that I, as a management level person, can kind of direct them into those areas. Because my, my belief has been if someone's interested in something, they'll deliver greater value to me and our organization as compared to if I put them in an area that they really have no interest in. So, so on an individual basis, again, I, I I tell people, you know, you've got to pursue what, what your passion is, because if you do, you know, the things you do every day won't feel so much like work. Some days they do, of course, but, but you know, not, not every day. And, um, you know, I I think maybe the the biggest the, the biggest piece of advice that I've been able to give to to people, whether they're in individual contributor roles or even whether they're in management roles and they're looking at how to advance their career, for me it's always been about value delivery. And yes. um, talk about that. I'm
0: sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I love sure. it. The value. Uh-huh. It, that it's yeah, well, always about the value.
1: Yeah, and and you know, for for every business, every business unit. I mean, the the, the value they're looking for may be a little bit different, but, but I think it's incumbent upon employees in the organization, again, whether you're an individual contributor or a manager to understand what, well, well, what is it that, that I personally can deliver that will be of value to the organization and the company. And if you can consistently do that, then i think you'll find you'll have opportunity to 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 move and advance in your career and and frankly that's been my experience at canon so you know wherever i've been and and you know i i didn't go into a lot of the details around my background but in the in the office technology part of the business i've had the i've had really the the, the good fortune to run almost every business unit in that organization and The reason I was able to go from one business unit to another to another to another is that I was always open to learning new things. And, and, you know, I, I was always fortunate and blessed enough that I was able to contribute value in the role that I had been in such that. The, the executive management in the organization said, well, geez, you know, he's delivering value here. Let's see if we can put him in this role and he can deliver a similar level of value here as well. And and so that's really always been my personal focus in terms of, of how do I advance my career? It's really about consistent value delivery uh, to, to the organization and, and making sure that that's recognized. And, and and in my particular case, I've been very fortunate in that, in that it has been. So,
0: That's amazing. This was, I was talking about this uh, like an hour ago about how, you know, becoming more valuable. You Mm -hmm. simply ask what you could do, like to become more valuable. And then you do that and you bring that to the organization. And then, you know, no one's perfect. No organization is always communicating outwardly exactly. Yeah, definitely not. Do you speak, you got me all pumped up, man. You got me all excited. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like broke my rule of interrupting people because <laughs> I was just like, yes, the value. <laughs> oh, do you, do you mm-hmm. speak? Do you give talks?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I have uh, opportunities to speak at industry conferences and so forth on uh uh, on a you know, some sometimes on a frequent basis, it ebbs and flows, you know. So uh, yeah. certainly, you know, many presentations, uh, you know, inside Canon and to Canon Channel partners and customers and the like. But uh, on occasion, I'll do the the keynote or something at a conference or or certainly a presentation session at a conference. Yeah. So uh, so I I enjoy doing that. Not not so much on, you know, like uh, you know, personal growth kind of issues. More <laughs> on business subjects and so and, and things of that nature. But yeah.
0: Well, you got me pumped up on the personal growth issues, so like
1: ever, <laughs> let me know, send me the YouTube of those talks right yeah well you know and, and again, I think it 's interesting because we we have this kind of conversation inside Canon with employees on a fairly frequent basis, and you know I, I think it 's not only true in in canon, I think it's true in a lot of organizations many, many cases, employees think that you know, management is going to kind of show up and, and, and just, you know, kind of lay out their their career path from, from the time they walk into the, the, the door to the time they retire. And, you know, it's going to say, okay, after you do this for two years, you're going to be promoted to this role. And then another three years here, you're going to be promoted to that one. And, and like, I, like I tell, you know, particularly younger folks in, in my organization, you know, it, it, it doesn't work that way. You know, the, the individual has to really take responsibility for their, their own career path planning. Now, management certainly has a role here, but the individual needs to own that. And, and um, you know, they need to recognize that, you know, that there isn't necessarily this, this well-defined path. Uh, they they have to make the path, and in my my view, the the way to make the path is by continuing to contribute value. You know, that's certainly been my experience. And you know, if you talk to any of the employees who work in my organization, they would tell you they've probably heard this speech more times than they care to recount. So uh, <laughs> they're all, right. all
0: familiar well, with it. It's important. Well, t- two things I noticed. The first one is that conversation you're having with them. That you were just describing to me you're that's you're teaching them the one of the first parts about leadership to even be a manager it's responsibility you're sure and and 100 responsible for your own growth and no one's going to come lay some some perfect map out for you you right. have to decide it for yourself and get that discipline and that routine of of being able to to execute and you're giving them the answer it's a very mm-hmm. simple answer. Become more valuable, make it your responsibility to grow, and then just repeat over and over in different Absolutely.
1: ways. Absolutely. No, no question. Yeah, that, that, That's been, again, that's been the formula for me personally and, and for many of the people that I've worked with at Canon for a long time who you know, also have had the, the fortune to kind of rise to senior level positions in the company. That, that's really been the, the, the same path they've followed as well.
0: Yeah, and it's important too that you mention that another thing as a leader is that you have to constantly make sure that they're pursuing their passion, right? Mm-hmm. Because you never know, they might be some, you know, college graduate with an accounting degree being forced into sales just to get out of their parents' house, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I can I can, uh, I can, I can, certainly uh, commiserate with that, yeah. Yeah,
0: so, so. so it's important because people will often, I hear that a lot, they'll take something because they need the money and they need to move on and because yeah, everyone else is moving right. on. So it's important as a leader to make sure that, yeah, Recognize they may be doing a good job, but let's point them in the direction of a of a passion and let them know that that's an option.
1: Yeah. yeah, and and again, I mean that that to me is the responsibility, one of the responsibilities amongst many of of folks in in management level roles. I mean, we 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 have a responsibility to help employees within the organization achieve their individual goals. But, but the, the primary responsibility to do that is the employees. Right. Um, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've had so many cases, for example, in, in my career at Canon and managing people where, you know, I may be having kind of a one-on-one conversation with that employee and, and I may ask them as I usually do, you know, okay, well, well, what are you interested in? Where do you see you going? You know, if you had to project the next three to five years, what do you see yourself doing? And I may get an answer that is completely outside the scope of what they're doing today, right? And, and of course, that immediately tells me, okay, I either have to figure out how to, uh, you know, align activities, you know, for this individual that, that, they're interested in, which can also bring value to the organization, or I run the risk that I'm going to lose them, or I need to find them another place inside Canon that has that kind of, uh, of, uh, of work that they'll enjoy, and then help them make the transition into that other organization. And, and, you know, to a large degree, you know, particularly with people that that from a management perspective, we want to invest in, that's exactly what we're doing. So if I have a resource, for example, that, uh, that I, I know is, is a value contributor and I want to invest in that resource. I mean, to the extent that I can't provide the kind of work that is of interest to them, management 's responsibility, in my view is to help them find it somewhere else within within the company and of course we 're we're blessed in canon in that you know we have such a diverse company uh, you know in so many different types of operations we have in the organization we we typically can find areas where that that individual 's interests can can be satisfied and where they can continue can continue to contribute the value that we 're after
0: so, and so you're you're one of the you're the leaders, one of the main leaders there, right? And you're always helping everybody. So who's asking you this stuff? Who's asking? Nobody. <laughs> I'm asking you right now, like
1: what's going on with I wanna show Dennis some love. Nobody's thinking yeah. that's the one thing yeah, about leadership, it, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's um again, I mean but, but Part of that that 's my responsibility, right I mean you know as as, as a senior leader in the organization, obviously I, I not only have responsibility for you know the the ultimate um, performance of the company but but you know I also have my own personal responsibility to to make the decisions and chart the direction I want to go in terms of you know where i want to take my career in terms of the next steps and like so you know obviously as as you kind of you know climb the ladder in an organization you know the 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 number of potential positions you can ascend to starts to get smaller and smaller so uh, so, so you you reach a you do reach a point where there there's not a lot of other places to go. So you you kind of get to a point where, you know, maybe it's not so much about you know the the moving to a different type of position, but but maybe it's it's taking on a different type of challenge within within, uh, you know, either the existing organization that you're in or a different part of the company. And and again, in my case, um, I, I've had that kind of uh, of good fortune in that you know, I have kind of been, you know, bounced from from one type of business unit to another uh, a lot. So, um, you know, for me, as I, I look, you know, down the road, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I really, I enjoy the kind of work that we do within Canon Information and Imaging Solutions. It's really challenging. It's it's very innovative. It's, it's exciting. We get to deal with customers who are, you know, really in the throes of trying to figure out how, how to tackle these, these major challenges they have and transform themselves digitally. So that, that's really, Uh, exciting. But then you look at other parts of Canon particularly particularly our medical imaging business and some of the new business areas we're developing and and that that's really interesting as well so so who knows well well you know you never know what the future is going to hold and and uh, you know we'll, we'll see how, how things uh, play out but uh, you know I think uh, in my particular case you know if Canon were to ask me to go do something differently I, I certainly would would do that you know just given the history I have in the company and and you know my desire to add value in, in as many parts parts of Canon as, as I can.
0: Yeah. And that's like what you said about being a leader, being able to re-quantify your value as you transition, you know, maybe sure. maybe at one point it becomes about simply raising up everybody down. Like if you're at the very top, right, you're making sure mm-hmm. you're bringing value to the market and then raising everybody up. And so I, I love that ability. It's something that I'm I'm in my early 30s, so I'm very mm-hmm. I'm very new to this, you know, middle, upper upper level. And uh-huh. so- I'm constantly surrounding myself with people who are farther ahead than me and learning from them, and then you know mixing that with also reading and other people sure. knowing people having people i don't know like i'm a I like the Tony Robbins and the Brian Tracys and all that sure. stuff, and mm-hmm. I pull them around because um it's just i came i heard one time what you do is you find people who are way farther ahead and way smarter than you, and you pull them around you and you listen to them and then you, it's not like a there's no like uh, combative conversation. It's like this is when you shut up and learn. <laughs> like
1: yeah, that's we'll what start. I do.
0: I bring smart people around and I shut up and I learn. I'm like, all right, cool, 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 mm-hmm. and then I go try it. And then um, of course, it's it's it works. And in a, yeah. in a world where a lot of things don't work, that's a, mm-hmm. a very useful um, principle. <laughs>
1: yeah you you can you can learn a lot by by just observation and, and you know to your point i mean I think in my own case certainly um, you know the, there have been individuals that that i 've worked for in the past w- within canon and and that i 've encountered just in my business dealings outside of the company that that you kind of you know you look at and, and you, you try to model some of the things you do based upon the the, the characteristics they exhibit because they they have shown. You know a track record of consistent <laughs> success, right? And and yeah. again, you you can learn a lot by by uh, observation and and then experimenting. And um, you know, I think you know one of the nice things about about our company is that it, it has given us the flexibility to experiment. So you know, as as we kind of you know do that research, you know, read read those business books, look at someone who's implementing a new business model that 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 is unique as compared to what we've done in the past we've got the flexibility to kind of, you know, tinker around and experiment with that to see if we can apply it to our own, to our own business. And, and, you know, if it works great, uh, if it doesn't, okay, you know, we, we, we didn't bankrupt the company in, in the process of doing it. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think all good business leaders, frankly, are, are, are always looking to, to both sources in their own organizations as well as outside to learn new things and then to try to apply those things to, to how they're running their, their businesses. I know in my case, I certainly, I've been doing that consistently for, for a long time. And, and uh, many of the things that I do, even to this day, came from that kind of you know, learning by observation and then trying to apply that to you know, some of the things that I wanted to, uh, to accomplish from a business standpoint.
0: So smart, yeah, because at the moment you apply knowledge with action, that's how you create experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Dennis. We did it. We made a podcast, my friend.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, How do you, know you feel? What? I, I, I feel fine. Yeah, <laughs> I feel fine. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been, yeah. it's been nice to meet you. It was nice joining you. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoy this, this kind of conversation. Uh, I very much enjoy. So, uh, you know, I'd be happy to do it again if, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if you're interested in doing so. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: no, it was great. And then just so you know, if you ever need anything from me at all, if there's any way I can bring you value at all. You just let me know, reach out directly, and we'll make it
1: happen. Great. Good deal. I appreciate that. Thanks so much.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Dennis. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do it without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.